Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Today, back on the show, it is the editor-in-chief of Raptors HQ. It's Chelsea Late. How you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm so happy to have you here. So happy to say the words editor-in-chief before your name. That's exciting. Yeah, it's been fun. That's been a recent uh, takeover for you. How's that been? Yeah, recent development. It's been really fun. I'm like a boss now, which is weird, but mm-hmm. it's been the, the all the guys on the team are really great and I'm excited to like grow the team. And I've been trying some new stuff on like social media and stuff, just trying to like see what different stuff we can do and experiment and stuff. So yeah, it's been really fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, we've got lots to talk about today. Obviously, we have a new NBA champion. There's some trade rumors happening. And of course, the Raptors have a new coach. So we're going to get into all of that. But first, let's talk about the Denver Nuggets uh, mm-hmm. winning in five, as many predicted. Uh, I mean, Samson tried to convince me it would happen in six, but he was wrong. As uh, usual. As <laughs> I love Samson. <laughs> I don't want anybody to think there's beef between me and Samson. No, no, no. That's, that's him. That's the clip. That's the social media (laughs) clip. And we're going to tag him without the rest of this context. Yeah, without the context. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I think like when I look back at the series, like even though it was a five game series, it was wildly entertaining. And I feel like Mm -hmm. the history books might not show how entertaining of a five game series this really was. But I mean, you got to give credit to the Miami Heat. Like, obviously, nobody picked them to come this far. And even in these games, they obviously gave it their all. I mean, it was just unfortunate that in that game five, it was such a poor shooting night from most of the team. I mean, they gave Kyle Lowry that last shot. And I was like, they did that because nobody else could shoot the ball. Like that's Mm -hmm. kind of how much trouble they were in, in that final game. It was gritty, but it was fun. I feel like already people are talking about whether this team can repeat or not. And I'm like, can we just give them a week? to like enjoy this and celebrate like i remember when the raptors won i was so frustrated by like people were like oh congratulations the raptors won but Kawhi's not staying there's like, no give us way two days by the by the way every, every american media person was like Kawhi's not staying and also you should build him a statue and it's like um can we just have a week can we just have a moment to enjoy this? And yeah. so I feel like the Nuggets are kind of in that same spot where everyone's talking about like Bruce Brown's getting paid. Is he going to come back? There's no way they can keep this together. Kendrick Perkins will never see another dynasty for the next 15 years, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, can we just give the Nuggets a moment? Mm-hmm. Before he goes back to his horses, like give a, give him a second. Yeah, their parade is today, and yeah. I'm sure he has a flight out tonight. So no, like not even tonight. <laughs> he's gonna do the parade, and then he's gonna get on the tarmac immediately from the, the... parade's going to the airport. <laughs> yeah, it just goes. <laughs> it stops the ceremony they stage. They built it on the tarmac. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's be like, thank you, thank you. Give like two words of a speech, and then you'll watch him climb onto the plane and go. Yeah, he'll be us. he'll be finishing the speech as he's going up the stairs into the yeah. plane. Like that's how much he can't wait to leave. <laughs> Poor yeah, guy, no, he's Poor ready. Guy. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. I I, I kind of love that he's like, listen, like I have a life outside of basketball. That might be controversial. Maybe like people would hate that if if that player was on their team. But I kind of love it. I love it. I love it. And I think it's so such like a brush of breath of fresh air from like the normal toxic basketball culture where these guys literally like break their mental health to give everything that they have to this game. They ruin their lives, their families, everything for the sake of like money in these in these games. And then you have this guy who just like 
comes and plays basketball when he's done he goes back and like races his horses and like chills on his farm in serbia like i think it's so healthy i love it yeah i mean and those gotta be some horses to carry Jokic on their back i mean my goodness jeez dream catcher the real mvp (laughs) i went oh my god this is so funny and has nothing to do with basketball but i went to like a horse thing like i was like i want to ride horses and it was like you know a thing for adults who want to try riding horses but for some reason these horses didn't like have people on them that were over 170 pounds even though it was all adults and i'm i'm a big girl i'm over 170 pounds and at that time i was like hovering around 170 so i was like okay you know maybe i'll I'll give this a shot the horse was mad at me like the horse tried to dip me off like the horse like (laughs) bent its like whole like head down and tried to like kick me off their back because they weren't used to my my weight yeah that's so strange and like 170 is like a completely normal weight to be like i'm also like 510 you know what i mean yeah like like, you're tall yeah it's it's like the whole thing and then and then yeah i was i was i was fat shamed at this at this (laughs) by the horse Maybe he just has really big horses. Yeah, and then here we have Jokic, like, you know, riding these horses. And I'm like, I need I need to go to a better place. Yeah. And I need to go. I need to go to Serbia. Yeah, I I would thrive in Serbia from like everything I've (laughs) I've learned a lot about Serbia in the past week. And based on all of that information, I would thrive in Serbia. Yeah. Wait, did you know more specifically? Tell us. No, okay. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about this more when we talk about Darko, but like the man went to basketball school. They have basketball school in Serbia. Mm. And when you go, when you're a coach, I think this is anywhere in Europe. This is what I learned um, the other day. But when you coach anywhere in Europe, you like have to get a degree in basketball. So like in Serbia, there's like a basketball academy and you go and you get a degree in basketball and then he also has a degree in like sport management. So like this man is like educated in basketball, um, which I also think should be, that should be a requirement for any NBA coach to like have a degree in like sport psychology or like sport management or sport Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. basketball or whatever they, you know, in Serbia. But yeah, it's like the Belgrade basketball Academy or something like that. And it's a thing. So yeah, basketball school. That was the one big thing I learned about Serbia um, the other day. And just, you know, lots of things. We'll talk about that more, I'm sure. In the, yeah, yeah. In but we would, be, we would be thriving on a basketball oh, education. Yeah, like I could yeah. go to basketball school. I could raise horses. Sure. Um, and I could uh, eat some like probably really delicious food. I don't know what this food in Serbia is like, but I'm just going to assume it's good because it's Europe. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't think it's bad, but no. I agree. I don't know a lot about Serbian cuisine. That would be great for you to get yeah. to know Darko a bit more. Yeah, exactly. You could ask him about Serbian cuisine. There you go. Exactly. I know the Raptors did like a little like get to know you thing. And they were like, what's your favorite Serbian meal? And he said it. And I don't know what it's called. I forget what it's called. But they flashed a picture of it. And I was like, I, I can eat that. I will eat Was that. it just like a meat and potato situation? It was like meat, but it was like these little like tube not tubes but these little like chunks of meat and they look oh delicious. yeah yeah the, it's like a kebab type situation yeah oh i love a kebab yeah. i don't eat a kebab all day but so it's like a mince meat that's been like yeah rounded into yeah i know Ooh. exactly what you're talking about i've had Chef those two kiss. they're great love i also it. forgot what they're called yeah um i went to a, a serbian wedding last year oh it was fun. great food great food yeah, yeah, yeah really good uh, food i love like i will eat anything honestly it's kind of a problem. I ate a... <laughs> <laughs> we can take that into a very bad context. Yeah, well, yeah. look, Masai said it was a good week for Serbia, so... <laughs> yeah, literally. It's all related. It's all related. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I've eaten guinea pig before, so my standards are yeah. so... Yeah. Damn. Peru. Peru. Okay. That's what they eat. But yeah, anyway, we're getting just sure, so I'm off sure track. Great. We're, we're off track here, but that's fine. Uh, but yeah. We're talking about the Denver Nuggets <laughs> And Serbia, which like now is like it, I think like an integral part of uh, Nuggets like history is like Serbia. Also, one oh, of my great. other favorite moments from the championship and like them winning was uh, Jokic's brothers like lifting Mike Malone. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he's just like like jumping up and down like a like a rag doll. It's yeah. incredible. 
um that whole night it was like cute like i saw jamal murray i shed a tear i'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie mm-hmm. um kitchener representation mm-hmm. um i'm from cambridge but i pretend that i'm from kitchener because no one wants to be from cambridge wow well shout out to cambridge <laughs> shout out to cambridge me. and also shout out to kitchener because they're kind of the same thing right but yeah so i kind of I, t- I take ownership over jamal murray and his not personally but you know i'm like hometown and everybody's like yeah, you're not course. from kitchener yeah. i'm like yeah i am yeah so. no obviously it was a huge night for for murray uh yeah. two canadians in a row winning championships which yeah from him and obviously like him you know bouncing back from uh, you know his torn acl and yeah. missing so much time and being so mm-hmm. great and like you know it's kind of wild to think that he wasn't uh an all-star this year right but he will be probably for the next several years just based on this and you know i think for a long time like he was referred to as like bubble murray and now he's shaken that off officially you oh, know sure. his championship jamal murray and you know it obviously it was emotional for him i mean mm-hmm. his dad is you know a joe jackson type and really like <laughs> put that pressure on him from a yeah. very young age and you know i can't even imagine what that's like yeah it's yeah it's very nice to see him thrive like that and also like to be like he pulled off an mvp like a finals mvp caliber performance but you're also on a team with nikola Jokic, so uh well and i think they're happy being a a one oh for sure yeah they're happy and like the i feel like people are saying it's like a fluke championship or whatever and i'm like no like you look at those two look at their numbers look at the fact that like if Jokic wasn't on the team like he would have also been okay by being like a finals mvp and like i don't know they just i i hate the conversation of like fluke ring or this or that because it's like no matter what like the job is to go there and win the championship like it doesn't matter what the circumstances are it doesn't matter who's injured who's not like at the end of the day you won a championship and that's it and no matter what circumstances you're in so the fact that it's fake or not it's like no like you were the best that year you won the most games that year and that's it. Like, I hate when people are like, it's not real. I'm like, if it was the Lakers, you would have been like, oh, it's real. Like, true. I mean, I'm sure as Raptors fans, like we are totally on board with your point of view because so many yeah. people refer to our championship that way. But I think like, you know, with the Nuggets, like it was such a dominant run. Like mm-hmm. only in the Phoenix series did they go to six games mm-hmm. in their entire run. Like that is incredibly impressive. It's extremely dominant. Oh, and, yeah. and I think there's no reason that they couldn't repeat next year as long as they stayed healthy. You oh, know, like sure. a lot of teams are going to be be looking at the Nuggets and thinking about how do they retool? How do they get some size on their team? Like suddenly, like having size is going to, you know. Oh, yeah. To me, I think size has always mattered. But, yeah. you know, we've had a few years now where you could, you know, play small ball and, and win, obviously, like with the Warriors and stuff. But yeah. I think teams are going to be thinking more about size again. Like, who do they have to defend a guy like Jokic? You know, well, you think about like the possible matchups for this finals. It was like, if you think about Boston, I still would have taken Denver in that series because like, what yeah. is Al Horford going to beat yeah. Jokic? Like, no, not four like, times. <laughs> No, yeah. not four times. No, maybe one or two, maybe get to seven. I don't know. But no, like the, there's no one, maybe Giannis, maybe, you know, there's a couple. Yeah, people I don't even, like, I, I think I would have picked the Nuggets over the Bucks as well. Yeah. Like healthy there's Giannis. Healthy Giannis. Because you think about who in this league can go up against a guy like Jokic and like maybe Giannis, maybe like I wouldn't even say Embiid, like I'm also like not a big Embiid gal, but whatever. Yeah, well, and even in their their limited uh, regular season games, which are actually really fun to watch. I do Mm -hmm. think those two against each other are must-see TV. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to get there first. Yep. And, you know, so it's just it's a whole thing. I don't think I don't think there's a player in this league that could beat Jokic in four games. I really don't. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, we're going to talk later about Zion, but, you know, maybe a healthy Zion, maybe. But again, we have to see it. So, yeah, exactly. I I think I think the Nuggets, listen, celebrate your win. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not going to take it away from you. Uh, You know, Jokic, enjoy Serbia. 
today. I hope you get today. There today. I hope you get there in the next 24 hours he will <laughs> there's no there's nothing that's gonna stop him there could be a storm and they're like we're grabbing imagine the parades like at no. 8 a.m or something like it's so early in the morning yeah. oh, i don't know 100 i don't know but yeah and, that and, man will be leaving america today yeah yeah and then we'll see we'll see if they end up being the favorites going into next season depending on what mm-hmm. happens you know the with all this crazy off-season stuff and you know i think because there is a lot of parody in the league uh, people are anticipating uh, a big offseason. I think, it, you know, it could be really big or it could not because you don't know how many teams are going to believe in themselves, right? Like, I think, like, a lot of t- people are looking at these teams like they're not going to get over the, you know, the hump, so to speak. But there's so many teams in a frustrating position right now. Like, you know, you have the Raptors where, you know, we don't know exactly what direction we're going in yet. But also, like, the Hawks are in a weird place. The Trailblazers are in a weird place. The Timberwolves are in a weird place. You know what I mean? Like, there's just so many teams in that middle. where the Raptors are in a weird place. Yes, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, there's just so many other teams yeah. in this where you look at them and you're like, there's a lot of talent on this team. You know, you mm-hmm. could add the Mavericks to that list. Like, there's mm-hmm. just so, so many where it's like, yeah, there's a lot of raw talent on this team. Is it enough? Do we are we just one or two players away or do we actually have to blow this up? Right. So there's just so many people in that scenario right now. And I mean, we can use this to move on to our our next topic. Do we want to talk about do we want to? Yeah, let's segue into we could talk about Zion. I mean, he's being rumored right now um, that the Pelicans are considering trading him and, you know, and then a lot of people are talking about should they, should they not? Now, for the record, the Pelicans have not officially said that they are looking to shop Zion. But as the media insiders are as they are, we all know that there's been plenty of Raptors rumors that mm-hmm. have turned out to not be true. Yeah. Right. So every time you hear these things, you know, take it with a grain of salt, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't know exactly where it's coming from or how true it is. Mm-hmm. Um you know, apparently I was listening to Brian Windhorst this morning that apparently Zion doesn't have a great relationship with their head office and that he doesn't he isn't routinely working out with the team. That was something that was new to me. I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily know that. Um, but at the same time, he is who he is um, when he has played. He's looked like a young Shaquille O'Neal, like he is an extremely dominant player when they were healthy earlier this year, they were number one in the West at one point. So, you know, Chelsea, I'll ask you as our, as our insider of the day, (laughs) what do you make of the Zion situation? Would you consider trading him? Um, I mean, it's a very like peculiar situation because you have this guy who has so much like potential and so much like uh, such a high ceiling and, He's really like a like textbook case of like hard work versus talent. Like he, we all know he has the talent. We all know that he's able to when he's healthy like play at such a high level. But and I mean injury like I'm saying injuries aside like obviously you can't blame the guy for being injured. Um but I just think like those rumors that are saying he's not working out with the team and he's not he doesn't have a good relationship and maybe he's not committed or this or that. Um I think it's just like all him personally and I think there's also a big thing to say about like fit with a franchise. I think to have a generational franchise player, it has to be the player being good, but also the team buying in and believing in him. Like you think about again, like the Jamal Murray situation, like the Denver Nuggets could have easily traded him, gone a different way, not been patient with his recovery. Think about Clay Thompson as well, who was out for a while with a, with an injury. You have these players who suffer from these bad injuries and are out for a while, but if they're committed and there's a good relationship between them and the team, then then they have a you know, they work their way back and there's a good relationship. They're motivated to want to represent that team. And I think it's just like it might be a personal thing with Zion. Maybe he's he doesn't have that relationship with the team based on rumors. And if that's the case, then personally, I would be more inclined to trade him away, send him where he wants you want him to be motivated. You want him to be able to work hard at his recovery and be in a place where he wants to play because in the end, at the end of the day, there's so much talent these days. And we think about NBA, WNBA everywhere in basketball that 
you need these players to be motivated and want to be there because if not, there's a ton of other people that are coming up behind them. And I'm not to say that like everyone plays like Zion, but at the end of the day, like there's other superstars out there. There's other people that the the Pelicans could trade for that maybe are a little bit more motivated. And that's just, you know, this is all based on speculation and whatever. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, it's just my opinion that if he doesn't have that relationship with the front office and he doesn't seem motivated to want to come back to play for this specific team, then send him somewhere where he does want to play because in the end, the fans want to see him play. He's a great player. He's entertaining to watch. So, you know, it's it's one of those cases where sometimes I'm not for players wanting to like make their own rules and play where they want to play and say, this is what I want. This is what I want. But like when you're at that level, sometimes you should maybe have that because again, you're the product. People want to see you play. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. And I think like, again, this is speculative. We don't know this for certain, but we do have, you know, high end media people reporting this stuff. So that's what we're going off of right now. Personally, I mean, obviously, like, you know, I'm not so in tune with like the Pelicans locker room, et cetera, to know the truth of this. But if I were the Pelicans ownership, mm-hmm. I would be doing a lot of investigating. Mm-hmm. I would want to know, is this relationship fractured and why? Mm-hmm. And if it is, why? Yeah, because I think I would rather have a new coach, a new GM new training staff like whatever it is wherever the problem is yeah before i traded somebody like zion yeah like if it's just like you know you and the coach aren't getting along you and david griffin aren't getting along frankly those people are more replaceable than zion is 100 you know what i mean not that i mean and this team has gone through a lot of coaches yeah you know so he could just be a prickly pair right Mm -hmm. like he could just be a difficult person i don't know i i have no evidence of that but the team has gone through a lot of coaches, but if that was the problem, like like if Zion's like, you know what, I could get into better shape if I had this, this, and this, you mm-hmm. give it to him. Oh, for sure. You have that heart to heart. You have that one-on-one with him and, and just be as raw and real and uncomfortable and just get it out. Yep. You know what I mean? Like family intervention style meeting, get it all out yeah. and then be like, okay, this is what I have to do. because i mean to i mean he's 22 years old Mm -hmm. i don't think it's too late for him oh no not at all you know what i mean like it's not too late for this guy to get it together Mm -hmm. and i just feel like to if you're trading him away i mean i'm like jj reddick said this it's like if you're trading him away that's because he's not in shape right now and you don't believe he's ever going to be yeah but i think like you know I don't understand why he can't get in shape with a franchise like the Pelicans when you Mm -hmm. were number one in the West, when you were healthy, Mm -hmm. why would a different franchise be a better fit? Do you know what I mean? Like, I like that's when it's like you as a person have to look in the mirror Mm -hmm. and realize like, this might be as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. frankly you know what i mean it doesn't get significantly better than being number one in your conference yep so maybe i feel like you know he's at a bit of a crossroads right now in his career maybe in his personal life but also in his career yeah and you know he has to like make some difficult decisions right now for himself and yeah i don't it's know it's hard i, mean, I don't it's know a- Yeah, it's a hard time for a lot of these players. It's like you think about a lot of them who are like burst onto the scene and then suddenly they're the hottest thing in basketball and everybody's saying this about them and saying that. There's a lot of pressure on them. And I think we're seeing that in a lot of these like young guys. Like it's a hard time to be like 20, 22, whatever, this like young age. And, you know, it's a lot. It's a huge time of like social media cloud and people wanting to do this and that. And I mean, I won't comment much on the personal stuff that's going on with him, but you know, you're seeing it in other players like him and like Ja and like mm-hmm. other people where like their personal lives, like I feel like you need to get that right before you can be the best basketball player you can be. And you touched on this a little bit, but I do think like like him, like Ja, like all these other guys, like they need to get their personal lives right and like make sure that their their like, you know, mental health is good and all this stuff. And then then the physical stuff, obviously. And I mm-hmm. think that will just you know, it's a whole thing. You got to put it all the stuff together and not just be like, is he healthy? Is he not? And I think the franchise 
has to take that seriously. And if they're not, maybe it's not the right pick. And like you said, like if I were the Pelicans, I'd be doing anything possible to keep that guy. I'd be sending him to whatever therapies, physical, mental, whatever that the guy wants, because you're right. Like it's, he's a very rare type of great basketball player. So I think trading him is like last case scenario. It's like, okay, we've tried every avenue. We've tried every coaching situation, training situation, whatever. And now it's like, there's nothing we can do except try and see what we can get back for him. Yeah. I guess it's like what we don't know as the public is, is he not getting the support he needs or have they given him everything and he simply doesn't care? Yeah. That's like, that's the the part we don't know. So I guess if he's being traded, we would be as, we would be left to assume Mm -hmm. that he doesn't care and another team is going to take a chance and be like, well, maybe our culture is stronger and he's going to care here and you just roll the dice and, and hope. Yeah. It's all just, it's very up in the air right now. And it's very much, you know, obviously we're never going to know the, the big picture, the, the real stuff that's going on behind closed doors as like outsiders looking in, but it's definitely I think people are getting to the point where a decision has to be made either way because it's been how many years now and all this talk about is he healthy when is he going to get healthy and we got a little bit of a taste of it this season when he was healthy for the first like quarter of the season Mm -hmm. and the product was good like if we as Raptors fans saw he like fleeced us yeah yeah. like you know right yeah we got we got fleeced by Zion so you know, I I do think there's still that potential there and that hopefully they can put it all together because it would be, you know, sad to see that amount of talent not go to waste or whatever, but just like, you know, see him not be able to play when clearly if you've gotten to that point of being an NBA player, you obviously care about the game of basketball. Yeah, and they've built around him. You know, mm-hmm. they've spent the last several years building around him. I actually think they've done a pretty decent job yeah. building around him. I mean, that Anthony Davis trade, like, you know, who they got for that. You know, mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram's been excellent. Yeah. You know, you know, they got CJ as a veteran presence. Like, they have yeah. all these great players around him. Like, I, that's what I mean when I'm just like, what would be a better situation? Like, the Pelicans is not a bad situation. No, not at all. Yeah. Again, unless there's something we don't know, but exactly. Yeah. It's all speculation at this point. It's all speculation. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Let's move on to another person people are talking about right now. And that is Bradley Beal. Mm. So people are reporting that the Washington Wizards are working with Bradley Beal on a potential trade. Now, the thing about trading Bradley Beal is his contract is enormous, plus he has a no-trade clause. So what happens when a player agrees to be traded when they have a no-trade clause is that no-trade clause goes with them and that they actually have a say in where they get traded. So obviously that leaves their options to be extremely limited i think that this might be the worst contract in nba history yes i'm gonna go ahead and say that um yeah people are talking about you know like hey like bradley beal's a great player he's in his prime there are teams that are gonna want bradley beal yes all that is true but at that price uh he's extremely limited and i imagine it would have to be a multi-team deal just to be able to move all of that around the two teams that are rumored to be interested in him are the miami heat and the milwaukee bucks Mm -hmm. so it's these win now teams that are desperate not desperate but you know what i mean i'm just gonna use the word desperate desperate for (laughs) another player uh of his caliber Mm -hmm. and you know, it's very interesting. I mean, I would be surprised if another team would be willing to take this on. Do you think either of those teams or who do you think would be in the Bradley Beal business? Yeah, well, first of all, remember a couple of minutes ago when I was like, sometimes players should have a say in like their careers. <laughs> this is a case where I think they shouldn't. Um, <laughs> like that contract is like... Who agreed to that, first of all? Um, like, it's funny because I think about, like, the Washington Wizards and, like, their W team, like, the Mystics. Like, Mike Tebow would never. But anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, that's for, the you know, the WNBA people to understand. <laughs> but, like, to, to have a player like him and have a no-trade clause, I guess, like, there's parts of it where you're like, oh, great, this guy's so committed to our team, blah, 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 blah. 
Yeah, then it's, you- it's 251 million over five years. And I believe yeah. he's got four years left. Oh, yeah, because he did that last year. Because I remember all of Yeah, so he's got, so it's it. 46.7 million for the next four years. Ooh. First of all, he could sauce me like a million. And, he, that, and, and you can't trade him unless he agrees to be traded. Yeah, exactly. I wish I could have. I mean, Westbrook's Westbrook's. Oh, yeah. Hello. (sighs) Like Westbrook's contract was a quote bad contract, but he didn't have a no trade clause. No trade clause like that. uh, Wild. Anyways, but I just did. And automatically makes him a liability for like whoever's going to take him on. Because you think about these teams and like the with so much parity in the league, like there's so much more trading and okay, can we be a contender this year? Can we be a contender this year? And I think to have a player like that where there's a no trade clause and he has to be the one to say, I want to be traded. Let's find a deal. If he ends up in somewhere like Miami or Milwaukee where they're, you know, win now teams and they have the potential for a year, he's not going to want to move. He wants to be on a contender every single year. Mm-hmm. And I think he thought that like he could make Washington a contender, which like didn't happen. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like, I am very curious to think like one, like what the players, like who would you send in return for him? And also like if the teams are going to want to take on that liability, I know like the Miami front office is very smart. Like I'll give them that they're very, they know how to make a good deal. They know how to develop players. A lot of people compare them to the Raptors um, front office and presidency in terms of being very like competent in knowing what they're doing when they trade. Um, and so like, I struggle to think that they would take on a contract like that unless they were like 100% bought in on the fact that Bradley Beal could like win them a championship. And it's hard with a team that literally just won the finals. Like, it's like, okay, something's got to give. Cause, and I mean, they didn't win the finals. You get what I mean. They were in yeah, the finals. Yeah, yeah, they were in the finals. Um, you feel like they won the finals because it's just so improbable they were even there. Yeah, but like you get a play-in can... team and... Mm, and Apparently, like, and... on the trade, on the whole, on the trade machine, on fans, yeah. though, if you trade Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, it works. Interesting. But, like, do you do that? A lot of people are saying Kyle Lowry would be in that deal. A lot of, and then like, again, yeah. like I'm not as familiar with the like ins and outs of the Bucks roster as opposed to the Miami roster, but like, yeah, you're, you're sending some pretty prominent players, players that are role players that have done well for your team that are young. Like a lot of people have a lot of like hopes on like Tyler hero and stuff like that. So it's curious. I'm, I'm very intrigued by the whole thing. And I think, you know, I'm not one to, be able to predict trading very well that's not just not part of my like basketball iq i yeah. guess but... you, could, you could also trade kyle and duncan robinson yeah and for bradley and beale but but would yeah. the wizards want kyle i mean i think exactly like... then you think about the wizards who want to keep their best interests in mind as well like you know so what are they gonna do like they've been a team that have well yeah because you think if you're the wizards you'd want to at least go younger mm-hmm. uh, so yeah who knows i mean so then do you like trade for kyle lowry and wave him and then try and hit the free agency market try and get a younger guard you know like stuff like that so i don't know it's a very weird situation for them to be in and i'm definitely curious to see like again who what who they would deal in that i think like if you're a wizards fan which i don't think anyone listening to this podcast is but shout out to you yeah (laughs) but if you're a wizards fan you got to be happy Mm -hmm. it's time you know and i think the wizards fans have been extremely frustrated over Mm -hmm. the years with him being like i want to stay in washington and they're like we don't want to stay here (laughs) this is exactly you're hijacking our entire franchise you're handcuffing us you know and and it's it's not like a it's not quite like a damian lillard in portland scenario where like at least they've gotten to the western conference finals in portland yeah you know what i mean like they've had some success in portland where like washington like I think the last time they were in the second round, it was with John Wall. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's been a long time since they've had any ounce of playoff success at all. And I think you're 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 desperate to move on from him. Oh, for sure. I think you're desperate. If you wanted to completely tank and start over, I think you'd be happy with that, but frustrated that it didn't happen over a year ago mm-hmm. and that you're not at the top of this year's draft. 
um, oh, because sure. the writing's been on a wall on the wall for a long time. And like I said, this is probably one of the worst contracts in NBA history. Um, but with that being said, like, yeah, I will be relieved for Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if there's any, if there's anywhere where Bradley Beal will fit in, it's South Florida. So <laughs> we'll see him, see him go there and be happy. Yeah, yeah. And then do they move on from Porzingis? Do they move on from mm-hmm. these other guys too and just really like rebuild the whole thing? Really, really Got rebuild. It. Yeah, which I think is what they need to do at this point. Yeah. I, yeah, I just don't. It's not like, like I think the like people have been like talking about the Raptors tanking. They think there's way too much hope on this team compared to a team like Washington to just yeah. fully tank it. But yeah, super interesting. I think, you know, even though there aren't a ton of free agent prospects this year, mm-hmm. there's so much interesting stuff happening. And, you know, it could be one of those off seasons where so many people move, mm-hmm. or it could be an off season where everyone's like kind of surprisingly quiet because they low key kind of believe in, in who they have. Yeah. It's been, yeah. it's been like a wild a full year, almost of like trades in the NBA. You think about like KD and Kyrie and all that stuff, who is also a free agent uh, Kyrie, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, like it's there we're seeing again, it's this era of like players being more in control of their careers than ever before and having more of a say being like, I want to be here. I don't want to be here. So I think we're just seeing them be exercised their like autonomy, I think a bit more, which is good and bad. Like, you know, it's interesting, obviously and good entertainment, but sometimes it leaves teams in bad spots and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, so I'll be interested to see like where all the pieces fall and if they end up, you know, trading Beal before the draft, after the draft and free agency, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. Let's move on to our Raptors Homer moment. Chelsea, mm-hmm. you were there IRL when our new coach was announced. Tell, okay. How do I pronounce his last name? It's Darko. Ryakovic. Ryakovic. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, or Darko Ryakovich was announced. I have a few observations, but I obviously want to hear all of yours. Number one, couldn't be more different than the Nick Nurse uh, introductory press conference in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh my God. Just a Dude. complete 180. I mean, we're, we got balloons out for this guy. We're outside. We've got ice cream. You well, know, the music's playing. We're music's playing. It's bumping. Masai's got his sunglasses. Yeah. And in Philly, it's just this really stark. Uh, how are we getting out of the second round? You didn't answer my question about James Harden. What, you're not a fortune teller? What's wrong with you? You know, just, oh my God, it couldn't have been more different. Uh, So that was an observation. Another one was, um, you know, Darko comes across incredibly humble. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously very grateful to be here. It's his first head coaching job in the NBA. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's only the second European head coach to be hired in the NBA. So that's interesting. And, uh, you know, he didn't get into too much in terms of like schemes and stuff, but also he doesn't really know 100 percent who his roster is going to be. So that makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, he seems nice. Yeah, it was again, like the vibe was very interesting. We were all kind of sitting in the media section being like, have they ever done anything like this outside? Like, what is happening? It was so like the they had all the balloons, like you said, they had them like they were blasting music like they had invited i think it was like season ticket holders to like come and so there was like a whole like crowd of fans happening behind us oh yeah if i knew it was gonna be like that i would have tried to sneak in yeah there wasn't no sneaking though it was in the middle of maple leaf square yeah yeah i would have showed up there's people walking their dogs just like chilling and then i would have been like i'm media see look there's chelsea hi Yeah, would have waved to you. They've been like, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll get the group of you to wave at me. You, yeah, exactly. Yes, just be like, wave. Yeah, Yeah, anyway. But yeah, so like, yeah, it was that, and then they did like this whole speech thing before. Then they they brought him out, and like, it was like, yeah, Masai with the sunglasses, chilling. Like the some of the players were there, Um, and then yeah, like just hearing and like I went into him being hired like not knowing literally like anything about him like and I was prepared I like had my facts on Sergio I had my facts on all these different guys and then they yeah yeah I was like uh okay we were talking uh, about Sergio on this pod last week as well exactly yeah. so like you know they pivoted and um 
Yeah, it was he incredibly great first impression. Like he just gets the the whole like vibe of the afternoon. And like I wrote about this a little bit was like just like fresh starts. Like everybody was just like embracing this new era. It's kind of like and I it's funny to put in this terms, but to like, do you know when you like break up with like an ex and then you're just like, ah, like my new era. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. this is what the Raptors are going through right now. Yeah, and you go, you break that, up with your ex, you get a fresh haircut. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You, you know, eat whatever you want. Like it's a whole thing. Um, so yeah, so he came out and like the questions obviously were very like super, not superficial, but they were very like on the surface because again, he doesn't know his players. It's not like a formal pregame press conference. And then you have Samson who's like, I'm going to ask him about the X's and O's. And you're like, of course, (laughs) of course, of course you are. Continue. Um, But then we're going to add that to the social media clip. Exactly. Again, (laughs) me and Samson are good friends. This is all in playfulness. (laughs) Um, But Anyway, so you and he's like, and so he asks his question, but then you have coach who's like, yeah, like one day we'll sit down and do the X's and O's and, you know, offers to go through like his schemes with Samson and like just like little cute things like that where you're like, oh my gosh, like the vibes were so good. Everybody just seemed really happy. And like the Raptors themselves, like from what was going around that day, it was just like they they saw something in him. He was different. Like his energy was different. His passion for basketball just kind of like exuded in every interview that they had with him. Um, he is incredibly smart. Like I was saying before, um, you know, he went to basketball school and all this. But like when you see when you hear him actually talk about basketball and like, you know, all the little things like you, you just get that sense of like, oh, this person's really smart. They know exactly what they're talking about. And so you know, there's a little bit of hesitation going into a first time coach and someone who, you know, maybe doesn't have enough as much experience as say like, you know, the Monty Williamses and the Nick nurses and the whoever's that were in the market this season. Um, but I think what he brings to the Raptors, what they really need right now is again, that like fresh perspective and that eagerness to come in and really like make a difference and form relationships with these guys. And he went on this whole thing about how he really wants to see the players as people and respect that they have families and lives and really see them as people every day and form relationships with them. And like all this stuff that like you, you can kind of be like, Oh, you know, he's just making a good first impression, but you know, for that to be at the forefront of what he's saying on his first day obviously means that he's passionate about it. And he just, it was just like, a, you got that good sense from him. He just seems like a good person. <laughs> and I know mm-hmm. like that's very like superficial to say on his first day, but just based on everything that I've seen about him come out and the conversations that we were having that day at that press conference, it was just, you know, I think depending on where the Raptors go, whether they retain a lot of their core, whether they go a development route, I think they picked a guy who either way is going to take everything in stride and try to show up and do his best every day and try and do good by these players in this franchise and, you know, the fans and stuff. So I, I personally think it was a really great choice. And then they gave us all free ice cream. So, I mean, that's what you need to get me in your good books. So yeah. Yeah. The Raptors really know how to, uh, you know, have their biased media. I'm just going to say it. Uh, no, I think he touched on a lot of great things. I mean, yes, these are early first impressions and he definitely uh, gave us a good first impression, of mm-hmm. course. And I think in addition, you know, you talked about like, you know, whatever direction the Raptors want to go in mm-hmm. this year, they feel like they got a coach that could go either way, which I well, do think heavily implies that the Raptors are still not entirely sure no, what direction I- they're going to go in. I think they know what direction they want to go in. It's just a right. they, they have a lot of free agents this season and I think I think the big hang up right now is Fred VanVleet and I know that I've heard that like they want him to stay and they want him to be a part of this roster and they're going to try and go that route. I think they know that they want to retain their core and be a contending team. It's a I think it's a matter at this point about what ends up happening to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that they aren't not that they're not in control, but they have to wait and see what these free agents do before they make decisions. And that's why I don't think that they're going to do anything for the draft. I don't think they're going to trade up for the draft mm-hmm. because that's not Masai. Masai mm-hmm. is not the one to make preempted uh, decisions about things that when he doesn't know what his free agents are going to do. Um, so I don't think they're going to trade up in the draft. And I think that they're going to wait and see what Fred and you know, Fred particularly does and then go from there. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, and I think like if anything, the Yakup Hurdle trade shows us that, right? Mm-hmm. When everyone was talking about tanking, going young, blah, 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 blah. He didn't yep. do that. Nope. Um, yeah, I think I'll say this, you know, for all the talk about Fred leaving, mm-hmm. I think he has such a good relationship with this franchise yeah. that if he does decide to leave, I think it would be a conversation. And I oh, think he sure. would be open to a sign and trade. I would be shocked if we lost Fred for nothing. Same. Yeah, I agree. You know what I, I mean? Think, yeah. I think he does have that good relationship, and I think he will try to stay if the money is right and if they can figure that side of it out. Um, but he is. I don't think he's the type to stay for less money. So we'll see what ends up happening with that and what the cap space is like and what they decide to do with the rest of the roster. But Yeah, yeah and then on the flip side, like if Fred and Gary Trent Jr. Mm. I'm not going to say and Jakob Pertl because I think we're going to keep one out of the three. Oh, but for let's sure. Say for, but let's say, for example, like they both walk for nothing. Well, then mm-hmm. suddenly we have the cap space yep. to make a blockbuster style stri- style trade or style sign, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because we wouldn't have, you know, for all the, you know, Damian Lillard talk and stuff like that. It's like, if you look at the numbers, you can't trade for that guy. We don't, it would take, it would take too many players and you wouldn't have any depth left, mm-hmm. even if Portland were to agree to something like that. So, yeah. you know, for all, you know, I talk a lot about how there's so many frustrated teams mm-hmm. in the NBA. One of them might consider trading their superstar, yep. right? Maybe even two of them. And mm-hmm. so the plus side to if they walk is then, okay, now we have the space yeah to make something like that happen or we have the sign and trade capabilities Mm -hmm. to make something like that happen so it makes sense for them to stay as flexible as possible yeah um and so we'll just yeah we just have to wait till july really and that's why i don't think that masai is going to trade up in the draft because one i think he trusts his own drafting capabilities and with a pick like 13 like i think he can get someone pretty good But then, like, he's not the kind of guy to do anything, like, under immense time pressure, like a time crunch. I, you know, and he said he said at the trade deadline, like, he he wants to wait till free agency and see exactly what's on the table and exactly who is out there. And then he'll make his decision. So I really don't think that he's going to do anything for the draft. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, we'll see what we do with that. It's a 13th pick, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what we do with that 13th pick. And, you know, I trust this organization in the draft. I definitely do. So I I feel pretty confident regardless of where our pick is. Uh, It will be very exciting to see what happens. That's going to be next week, Thursday. I'm trying to figure out what to do with this show because we usually record on Thursdays. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't, I'm like, oh, it doesn't really make sense to record an episode before the draft and then it gets released on the Friday after the draft. So maybe I'll do like a weekend special or I'll do like a Monday release so we'll see but i'll I'll do a draft reaction i'm not gonna do a draft uh prediction episode yeah and not to like i mean i'm gonna plug my website here but we're doing like pretty extensive we're doing pretty extensive pre-draft coverage on raptors hq so if you want to know like what the prospects are and like who the raptors could potentially pick like that's we're releasing something like every other day basically until the draft so fantastic uh, head over to there to see it but yeah yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people have been uh, messaging me on, on Twitter and Instagram asking me, you know, is the hottie highlight of the week segment back? Uh, is is Darko the new hottie? You know, I mean, he he's not not hot. I no, will say yeah. that, you know, and he seems very nice. But, yeah. you know, all of this is very personality driven for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, it's like, does he play guitar? Is he going to be in an episode of Degrassi? I don't know yet. You know yeah. what I mean? Not that you have to have those things, but you know, yeah. I, I also have to answer those questions. I saw the person who replied and asked if you were going to change the name to Darko Daddy Moment of the Week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I laughed at. I was like, that's good. That's funny. But yeah, yeah it's, it's very cool. It's very personality based. Yeah, Nick Nurse was kind of the the type where you're like, yeah, let's you know poke fun at this guy. Remember, that's early Nick Nurse. That's championship Nick Nurse. Championship because okay? he was Nurse, a different yeah. guy then. Obviously, he was a different guy. He changed. He got you know I don't know his ego got too inflated, whatever, and then he became like a huge curmudgeon. But there was a time. There was a time when things were different with Nick. Okay, so that's where yeah. that's where we'll the segment to- was born. 
Yeah, we'll have to get some feelers on on Darko. He seems like a funny guy. I don't know if you saw his tunnel photo shoot. I was like, yes, living. Flawless. I did not see his tunnel. Oh photo my gosh, shoot. you have to go and like look up the photos of oh him looking gosh. like he looks like a supervillain in a suit in the tunnel. Fantastic! <laughs> I was like, incredible. I want to know if this guy's oh, like man. He he gives me like uh secretly like a star trek nerd vibe which i oh love. see you gotta see you gotta ask him these questions when i i know i gotta like get media day i'm gonna have all of the personality yeah, questions. I, yes i want to know as much about his personality as as we can know yeah exactly. um yeah and then maybe i can convince uh Zerar to make a darko calendar this year because <laughs> the nick nurse calendar you know mm, r.i.p right. but thank you to everyone who bought because I had so much fun making it, and who <laughs> no, and I was doing it in the off season, so I had no idea things were gonna gonna take the turn that they did. But. Exactly, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, definitely, we'll have to figure out inspiration for that for sure. Yeah. Okay, remember you're gonna ask him personality questions and also cuisine questions. Cuisine, not, yeah, not the one, but you gotta be like, you know, yeah, you gotta, I gotta figure out. We they asked him um, how he like or how he takes his espresso. And he said, very seriously. <laughs> I love him already. Is he going like, to have one in the nice. locker room? Like, 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 what's his name on the Spurs did? Yeah, he comes into his like pregame presser with his little espresso. Yeah, oh yeah, that would be that'd be great. Vibes. See, these That's are details that would make for a good calendar. Exactly. You just have him with his little espresso. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. This is what I want. This is what I want. Yeah. Um, okay, Chelsea, we should wrap this up. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, again, uh, Raptors HQ, mm-hmm. you've got some draft coverage coming up. And once again, congratulations on being editor in chief. You know, we're all in this together and I love it. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to the draft next week and all this other, as the No Dung Sky said, uh, NBA silly season is uh, is upon us. So thank you all again for uh, tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.